Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Steelers Stat Geek. This is behind the steel curtain editor, Dave Schofield, coming at you. It's Thursday morning. It's two days to Christmas. It is Christmas Eve Eve. My goodness. Uh, sorry, I, I just love it. Just love it. So, wow. Steelers are down to three regular season games left. It, it seems like just the other day, it was January, and I was like, oh, the long off season getting there. I talk about it all the time. Time is so relative. Maybe maybe as I get older, you know, time <laughs> time isn't as much of uh, – a week isn't as much of my lifetime as it was 25 years ago. But anyway, that's just went completely uh, nerdy relativity, all the crazy stuff there. So let's talk Pittsburgh Steelers because I tell you what, man. They had a big win on Sunday. I know it was ugly. I know the offense did not look well. I know that it took four takeaways in order for them to win, but they did. And you can you can talk away all you want when a team doesn't win a game. Bottom line is they find a way to win. You can talk away all you want how the Baltimore Ravens shouldn't have beat the Detroit Lions because of the penalty and the record-breaking field goal and all that. But but the the argument doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's, they, they still won. They still won. And for this, the Pittsburgh Steelers still won. I, I have a friend that's a Titans fan. He contacted me and said, if it wasn't for the turnovers, the Titans win by blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? But it was the turnovers, and they didn't win by that. That's all that matters. You can take solace, or you can you can seek comfort, or you can find a problem no matter what. Bottom line is, that was the result. That was the result. And they they beat a team that currently has the best record right now of any other team that they have beaten this season. All right? Yes, that was a really big win when they beat the Buffalo Bills in week one. That was enormous. A lot of people had the Bills, you know, you know kind of penciled in as a Super Bowl team. But guess what? Right now, the Tennessee Titans – have a better record. They have one more win than the Bills. All right? Um, I mean, the the Steelers, uh, all the teams. No, there's teams that they've played that has a better record. For example, Green Bay. They played Green Bay, who has a better record. Um, but they didn't beat Green Bay, although that was that that was still a good, crazy, great game. And that's the team. That's the number one team in the NFL right now. And the Steelers fell to them in their place, but not by much. And part of that was because of the terrible call on the block field goal that changed the whole trajectory of that game. They still might have lost that game. I just would have. I've said it before. I would have really liked to have seen that game play out, though. That would have been fun to watch. But now, the Steelers just defeated at their house the team that would have been the number one seed in the AFC. Now they have to go to the team that is the number one seed in the AFC right now. So they've, they've got a, a tall task ahead of them. But before we get too much into the Kansas City Chiefs, let's talk about this game that happened on Sunday. I have to admit, I was there. I have not watched the television version of this game yet. It's always something that I try to do when, I'm, when I attend a game. I, I waited until after Scobro show because I wanted to talk about it strictly from a from an in stadium perspective. Now it's just getting so close to Christmas. I, I I'm just trying to find the time to actually wrap my presents. Yes, 
it's the 23rd and I have yet to wrap my Christmas presents. Um, yeah, I've got a lot to do in case you haven't realized that, but uh, that's because I end up writing six articles because of all the breaking news that happened for the Pittsburgh Steelers on Wednesday with players on the COVID list and, and, Kevin Dotson being designated to return. We'll see if he can get back for this week, how practice goes. Uh, we probably won't know that until Christmas Day. All, all those kind of things. But this game against the Titans, I was there in person, haven't seen it on TV. So a lot of it, a lot of my perspective comes from that. And I, when I did my By the Numbers article, I highlighted a lot of bad things. But I wanted people to understand that the Steelers found a way to win despite those things that ultimately some of the things that you're like, Oh man, Oh man, Oh man. But they still won the game. Just imagine what happens if they take the, if they improve on those things, you beat the Tennessee Titans with that much with 65 yards of offense in the second half. I mean, remember people threw a fit that the Steelers only had 66 yards of offense. I was one of them in the first half against Minnesota, but in the second half against Tennessee, they only had 65 yards of offense. In case you're not for, for those of you that like to listen to stat geek, but you're not the best at numbers. That's one yard less. But the difference there was the Steelers had no points in the first half against Minnesota. And they had, um, what was it? 16 points. I almost said 19, but no, they had three points in the first half. They had 16 points in the second half. They managed one scoring drive that was, they got some yardage from penalties on that one as well, but you know, they were, they were penalties. So, um, although even the, the frame with one as bad as it looked, I'm not, I haven't really watched the TV play again. I haven't wanted to see that happen to Pat. I know it looked bad the way he was hit. I'm not sure that it was even a helmet to helmet. Um, you all probably have a better idea of that than I did because I, I frankly haven't wanted, I don't want to watch a, a player get hurt in that way. So um, didn't, didn't know. For, I mean, that was, they, they dropped the flag down late. Let's just say this. If he doesn't get hurt, they don't drop that flag. So that tells me, was it really a penalty or did they just blow it that bad and didn't drop it until late? I'm not really sure um, you all can draw your own conclusions on that, but that was the drive where they scored a touchdown and that was it. That um, Ben Roethlisberger scored for the first time, uh, a rushing touchdown for the first time since 2018 against Jacksonville when he um, dove into the end zone with, I think about, I think it was five or four seconds left in the game. Um, got, got in for the score and the win. Um, that I remember that crazy game. I'm pretty sure I watch. I'm trying to remember. I think I'm going to watch that one with Jeff Hartman. Um, but no, no, that was a different Jacksonville game. I watched with Jeff Hartman. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, but the Steelers, you know, that was the one touchdown drive that they had. And that's the only scoring drive they had that wasn't as a result of a takeaway. The other four drives that were results of takeaways all turned into field goals. Now, the good news is they scored on all of them. The bad news is they only got field goals. The really bad news is the last two, they didn't even get a first down. So this offense was struggling. But, but, and I keep saying this because sometimes people forget about it. The Tennessee Titans, who are currently sitting in the third spot in the playoff race, they weren't nine and four coming into this game for nothing. 
there's a reason why they were what they were. And I don't, and it's, I don't think it's Derrick Henry, you know, specifically. Everyone's like, oh, they don't have Derrick Henry. I still think AJ Brown changes what that offense can do more than what Derrick Henry does. Cause I think they can run the ball. Um, I mean, maybe not as good as with Derrick Henry because, you know, he's a generational talent, but they can still run the ball well without it, without AJ Brown taking the top off of the defense. They just don't have the passing game, so I think he affects the what's going on in that on in, in those types of plays than even Derrick Henry, and, and they didn't have him. But this, what really is good with that Tennessee Titans team is, I mean, they pitched a shutout the week before. Yes, you're like, oh, what was the Jacksonville Jaguars? It's still an NFL team, you know. It's still an NFL team that still has a couple wins against other teams. They can still win games. They just don't do it often, but you can't win games. They get shut out. And that's what the Titans did. And they got Bud Dupree back to go against the Steelers. And to me, yes, the Steelers offense really struggled, but one of the reasons they struggled is because they were going up against a very good defense. So that's just, that. that's something I did want to highlight. Um, Steelers got crushed in the time of possession. Uh, Tennessee had more than 18-minute advantage in time of possession. Um, they gave up 201 rushing yards, the Steelers did, um, but it was almost a bend and don't break deal. If you think about it, that, you know, they could rush it, they could do their thing, but then they would either, you know, come up with the stop, hold them to a field goal in the first half, or take it away is what they did mainly in the second half. Um, and, you know, they have forced a couple punts. I think the two punts that the Titans had in the game were both on three and outs. I know the opening one of the game was. That was after, you know, the first play, Chris Wormley gets a sack. So that was good because, I mean, the, the Steelers ended up with with four sacks. Like I said, Wormley got the first one, first play of the game. TJ Watt got one by himself, and he shared one with Cam Hayward. And then Derek Tuska had the had the strip sack. Now that was that was a wise decision. There, I'm sitting there in the stadium, and I'm like, that spot's not right. That spot's not right. What are they doing? And then they finally explained it. I'm like, oh, that's why they put the ball there. The re- I'm like, the, the ball should have been back two more yards. It was supposed to be the 26, and they had it at the 24. But when you re- when you realize that the rule is because of the time left on the clock that when a player fumbles the ball, it goes back to the spot of the fumble, not where it's recovered. Therefore, it would it was an eight yard sack. So why send them back ten yards and give them the play over when you can send them back eight and have them lose the down? That also gave gave Tuska the sack there, which is kind of a little bit nice there too. But uh, but but the Steelers, you know, four sacks. They they surrendered three, but they got four. Um, I still think it's crazy that the only two touchdowns scored in the game were both on quarterback sneaks. Who the Steelers punting game is struggling. Um, Presley Harvin, I know he's dealing with some family issues, um, but the consistency was, yeah, it, it was not there. And then what didn't help was the big return. You know, after after he had a really bad first punt, he comes with the second punt, and they return it all the way down. Whew, I mean, I know the ball ended up at the 25, but there was also a penalty tacked on at the end. But they had a big return plus the penalty with it, set them up for their, for their first and only touchdown of the game. But bottom line is, from this past game, the only thing that really matters is that the Steelers got the win. They got the win. They are are now up to, what is it, 
seven, six, and one is their ultimate record right now, which uh, remember tiebreakers aren't going to mean anything for this team because of that half game. So bottom line is they're either going to be a half game up on teams or half game back. Or if any team that ties right now, that just puts them on the same same level as the Steelers. But when you look at the at the AFC standings right now, the Steelers are seven, six, and one. They're a half game back of five teams. There are five teams at eight and six. Five teams. Cincinnati, Indianapolis, the Chargers, Buffalo, and Baltimore. Five teams. They're only a half game back. Now that means they've got to keep winning because expecting all five of those teams to lose isn't going to happen, especially this week since Cincinnati and Baltimore plays. One of them is going to going to be in first place from this game. Even if the Steelers pull off the upset against the Chiefs, they're still going to be a half game back no matter what in the North. But that's going to put the, that would put them in a great position going in to play uh, or Cleveland and Baltimore. So that's where they sit. But before I go to the break, um, and then we come back, and we're going to talk about the Steelers, you know, being being big underdogs on the road, being being big underdogs and being on the road. And well, and honestly, the biggest underdogs they've been have been on the road under Mike Tomlin, except for one exception. And we'll get there. Um, and I will talk about how those games went and and everything else. But they need to embrace that mentality of being, hey, we're on the road. We're big underdogs. You know, let's go get it. So we'll see how that turns out. But before we do that, I want to I want to just I want to highlight a tweet that I saw. Um, this is from um, Ivan Urea, Urena. I don't, I don't know. He, does, he doesn't have a blue. Ch- I don't even know where he's from. It might just be a random dude. But this is the information uh, they put out there. And from everything that I see, it's correct. Um, did not okay. He, he, he's a pro re, uh, football researcher, um, things like that, um, is what he does. So I I trust this as a source, but it says most consecutive seasons a team has been in Super Bowl contention with three weeks to play as an active streak. So with three weeks left, teams that actually are in contention to be in the postseason. How about? The the leader is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Twenty two straight seasons, where with three games left, they are still in contention. Twenty two straight years. I mean, I hate to say it, that's part of the reason why why Steelers Nation is so spoiled. They expect so much. They expect that they're going to always be, you know, they got to be in it. Super Bowls are the only thing that matters, which, you know. It's really hard to get there, let alone win it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they're not important. I'm not saying the standard should be anything less. But my goodness, you know, ha- having that as the expectation, you're, you're always going to be disappointed. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers going, you know, in fifty some of these things, they have six, and that's more than, more than anybody else other than one team that's tied with them. I mean, so to think that these things grow on trees, it just doesn't happen. But to be in a position going into the final three weeks of the season to where you could go make the postseason and get to the Super Bowl, that's crazy. They are only one season ahead of the New England Patriots, um, which is 21 straight years. Now, I, I know, you know, last year the Patriots didn't have the best best season, but with three weeks left, they were still in contention, you know. What'll be interesting is to see how this works when it gets down to even with two weeks left, if, you're, if they're still in in contention. And then there's two other teams tied at 16. The Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints have both um, been 
possible to to make the postseason going into the final three weeks ever since 2006. So that's just some, some crazy numbers there that the Steelers get to this point of the season and you're saying there's a chance. There's still a chance for them um, to pull it off, get into the postseason. And once, once you get there, Anything can happen. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back. We want to talk about, you know, being the road underdog and look at our matchup. So uh, stick around after these messages. We'll be right back. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to Steelers Stat Geek. We are rolling along. We're looking ahead to this matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. And my goodness, this one looked like it might not have been that difficult early on in the season. But man, talk about talk about facing a team at the wrong time. It, I mean, it, it really is. Kansas City was out of it for a while. They they did not start off the season very well. I mean, they were one and two, then they were, they were two and three, then they were three and four. They were three and four and now they're 10 and four. They are winners of seven straight, you know, they, you know, big overtime win against the chargers in LA last Thursday, they're coming off of added rest. You know, they, they're the last games that they've won the closest one was, well, they barely beat the New York Giants. And that's when you're like, oh, man. I mean, after they got lost 27-3 to to Tennessee, you know, look at that. Tennessee defense held the Chiefs to three points. Remember that. Remember that when you're like, oh, man, the Steelers offense couldn't do anything. There, there might be an explanation there. Then they barely beat the Giants. I mean, they beat them by three points. Then they just get by Green Bay by six points, 13-7. to the awakening happened on Sunday, November 14th in Las Vegas when they beat the Raiders 41 to 14. That started it. Then they beat Dallas by 10 points. I mean, it was 19 to 9. Um, then they had a bye week. Then it was Denver 22 9, Las Vegas 48 to 9, Chargers 34 28. If you look at this win streak that they're on, they hadn't given up more than 17 points until last week. They had only given up, they gave up 17 points to the Giants. And then after that one, the most was 14 to Vegas when they scored 41, which by that time, it's just like, eh, you know, but they've been, I mean, they've held their opponent in these, in the last six games, they've held their opponents to single digits four times, four times. That's kind of, that's a big deal. This is a team that, you know, you think about the Travis Kelsey, you think about the Tyreek Hill, you think about the Patrick Mahomes, you think about all that. And then you realize part of what got them going was their defense getting it together. And I know everyone, there's some people that say, oh, well, you know, Melvin Ingram, he's not really, he's done not, he's done about as much with Kansas City as he's done, as he did with Pittsburgh. And he just didn't want to be here, which, you know, I, I agree. If he didn't want to be here, get something for him. The thing is that people don't realize is that by Ingram being there, they were able to move uh, Clark inside. And that's made a lot of difference. Now, 
What's crazy about this game is that the line has changed so much because of the COVID issues going on. Now the Steelers are having some of their own COVID issues. Uh, at, at the On Wednesday, three players went on the list. Uh, the most notable was Devin Bush, but it was also Marcus Allen and Zach Banner. The biggest question for the Steelers is, is there more tomorrow? Is there more tomorrow? Because if there's more tomorrow, um, meaning – when I say tomorrow, I mean today. Is there more today? Meaning to, meaning yesterday's tomorrow. Meaning the day after all those other ones went on. So, and of course, you know, I am recording this late on late on Wednesday rather than at 5 a.m. on Thursday. So is there going to be more players going on the list? Now, with Kansas City, they had a whole bunch. Some could make it back. Kelsey could make it back. Tyreek Hill might be a little bit more difficult. I know their kicker's out. Um, because of the protocols and his vaccination status and all that. So it it appeared that Kansas City, the the report was nobody tested positive on Wednesday, but then a player ended up on the COVID list. Well, the report was nobody on the active roster tested positive. They had one of their players who's on IR test, end up up testing positive and going on the COVID list, even though they're already on injured, injured reserve. So the big thing for both teams is going to be Thursday today what happens so don't know who's playing for kansas city might still not know who else playing for pittsburgh just whoever's going to be there's got to go out there and play the game as of right now i it doesn't look like they're they're gonna have to postpone that game at all but you know you know it's it's 2020 and 2021 nfl you never know what what could happen but because of the changes and everything the line has really moved on this game it started off uh, on Sunday night as a 10.5-point favorite to Kansas City. Now it's gone all the way down to 7.5 points, still more than a touchdown. But that's a that's pretty significant to drop four points, to drop four points. So that got me to thinking, all right, under Coach Tomlin, how many times have the Steelers been underdogs by a touchdown or more? And the answer, and I included the playoffs, and the answer is, not often. If this line holds, it could dip down more. If it dip down, dips down more, if it goes below seven, then it, there, it's not even going to count. So before this game, seven, seven games since 2007 where the Steelers have been underdogs by a touchdown or more. Out of those seven, six of them were on the road. There's only one game in there that the Steelers were that big of an underdog at home, and that was in 2016 at home against the New England Patriots. Ben Roethlisberger was out. Landry Jones got the start. The Steelers lost that game, and they lost it by 11 points. So they didn't even cover the spread. Um, But that was the situation going on there. So you take that one. And, and and you and you kind of pull that one out a little bit. Then you look at at some of some of these other games where they've been underdogs by that much. Well, the most recent one was Week 17 last year when the Steelers didn't even send Ben Roethlisberger, Cameron Hayward, T.J. Watt didn't even send them to Cleveland. They kept them in Pittsburgh because of all the the COVID issues, and the Steelers were ten and a half point underdogs. And they lost by two, and they were a two-point conversion away from sending that game to overtime with Mason Rudolph. So, obviously, they covered, and they embraced that road dog mentality. Big road dog. That's what the title of this is, you know, being a big road dog. Okay? So, then I already talked about the one in 2016 
um, against the Patriots at home. Then there was one from 2002, actually two, twice in 2015, they were underdogs by seven points or more, which is crazy because they were a playoff team that year. Uh, the first one was in week one, their first game of the season. They were seven-point underdogs and lost by seven points. Now, I will tell you, they scored a touchdown on the last play of the game in order to make it a push, but that's that's what it was. That was at New England on a Thursday. Then the other time they were they were underdogs by seven or more points was their last game of the season, which was in the playoffs in Denver without, you know, with no Antonio Brown, no, no Le'Veon Bell, um, and just and still had a lead on Denver, but ended up um falling by seven points. So they actually covered the spread on that one. Um, so those those are the some more recent ones. Then they had a couple against Baltimore in 2012 in Baltimore, they were seven and a half point underdogs. Yeah. They won that game by three points. That was in, in week 13 of 2012 back in 2009. And, in in that's it. We, uh, that one was week 12. The one before was week 13. I might've messed that up. I messed that backwards. Um, back in 2009 and week 12 in Baltimore, they were eight point underdogs. They did not win that game because they lost it in overtime. So once again, big big road dogs show up to play, gave themselves a chance there at the end. And then then you could go all the way back to uh, Coach Tomlin's first-year coach in 2007 in New England. They were 10.5-point underdogs, and they got walloped. That was 34-13, if you remember that one. So it, what's interesting is the only teams under Mike Tomlin where the Steelers haven't at least covered the spread, if not one, when they were underdogs by seven points or more, is it, if it's anybody else other than New England. Honestly, anyone else other than New England, and they at least cover and make it close. You know, that Cleveland game, that was a game last year when they were big road underdogs. That that playoff game in Denver, that was a game when they were big, big road underdogs and up against it there. They did that in 2012. They even won the game. And then the and then the one against the Ravens, two thousand nine, they lost it in overtime. I mean, they were they have been in every game, very close, when they are underdogs by a touchdown or more under Mike Tomlin, with the exception of when they play New England. So now they've never played Kansas City as this much of an underdog. So how's it going to pan out? I don't know, but something about me says, hey, road underdog. Don't know that they're going to win, but I want to see them come out and fight and fight hard and at least give themselves a chance to win this game. If you were to tell me that with that with five minutes left in the game, the Pittsburgh Steelers had a chance to beat Kansas City in Arrowhead Stadium, I would say, sign me up all day. Seriously. Now, when it play when the, when the game plays out like that, you're like, Ugh. you know, I said the same thing to my brother sitting there against Tennessee. I'm like, uh, if you were to tell me that the Steelers would be tied with the Titans in the fourth quarter before this game started, I would take it. I would take it because I'm like, they're giving themselves a chance to win, and that's the biggest thing they need to do with this game in, in Kansas City: give themselves a chance to win. Now, before we get into the breakdown of of how the teams match up, which is uh, doesn't look good, I'll tell you that. Um, Let's look at what they do. We, we focused on being the big road dog. What about just going on the road? What about going on this specific road? What about going to Arrowhead Stadium? What about going to Kansas City? Well, the Steelers have actually won their last two games where they've traveled to Kansas City. They won there in 2017 in week six. That was a 1913 win. 
Um, you know, that was before Patrick Mahomes. Um, they won in the 2016 season, which was actually in January 2017. In the playoffs, that was that crazy 18-16 playoff game. Um, when you know, when they had all field goals, uh, they they moved the time of the game because of the ice storm in Kansas City, you know, trying to get it to where it wouldn't be so bad when when the when the game finished and you know, for people to get there or not. The last time they lost in Kansas City, you have to go back to 2015 in week seven um, that, that, they, that they lost. And that game's very interesting because that game sticks out in my mind all the time, and I reference it all the time. When people say when somebody's injured, oh, well, just give them another week because they should be able to beat so-and-so without them. And that's what I heard people saying in 2015 when the Steelers were going to going to Kansas City and Ben Roethlisberger, they didn't know if he'd be back from injury. And people was like, oh, well, they could go into Kansas City and beat Landry Jones. The Kansas City doesn't even have a winning record right now. Kansas City went on a tear after that. They won like almost – I can't remember if they won all the rest of their games or if they only lost one more in 2015. And they ended up being a, a really – really strong team. And um, that was also the year that the Steelers, you know, they were struggling to start the season. So, and just missed the postseason and they, they lost by 10 points. So that's, that's interesting. Um, then you have, you know, this was all under coach Tomlin. Um, they, they beat Kansas city in 2011 in Kansas city. And they were, um, they beat them 13 to nine. Now they were, they were, favorites in that game by by a good bit but they only won by the nine points and then um the first time that the Steelers went to Kansas City under coach Tomlin was in 2009 and they actually lost that game in overtime so um if you look at it under you know Mike Tomlin he's he's three and two in Kansas City he's three and two in Kansas City and if you look at that um one of those losses was without Ben Roethlisberger. Now this is a different Kansas City team. This is this is Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, all that other stuff. But as scary as they say it is to go to Kansas City, the Steelers have had some success there. I'll also tell you this: since that 2009 game when they lost 27 to 24, even though they won three out of four, they haven't even scored 20 points. They haven't scored 20 points, which is a huge concern because that's also the other thing that it comes down to um, on these games where, where the Steelers um, are big or big underdogs is in, in all of those games, they haven't scored more than 23 points. They, they won the game. They scored 23 points when they were underdogs by seven points or more. All the other ones that they lost, they scored 22 against Cleveland last year. And that was the most. The other ones are like 16, 16, 21, 17, 13. So really what it comes down to, that what the Steelers struggle to do when they're big underdogs and what the Steelers struggle to do when they go to Kansas City is put points on the board. This team's got to put points on the board. Um, because the defense won you the game last week, it's going to be really tough for you to call on them to do the same thing this week. It's not that they can't. It's just putting yourself um, in a tough situation. All right, I'm going to do that. We're really running over right now uh, today, but I'm, I, I've got to talk about the matchups here real quick. I'm just going to zip through these numbers like only a stat geek can do. Uh, when you look at Kansas City's offense, uh, they average almost 400 yards a game. It's 397.2. They're third in the NFL. 
compared to the Steelers, it's only 317.5 per game. They're 21st. So third, the third best offense versus the 21st best offense is what we have. When it comes to points, Kansas City's down a little bit from their ranking, not third. They're sixth with 27.5 points a game. Steelers only average 20.8. They're 20th in the NFL. When it comes to run offense, that's the weakness of Kansas City. They average 109.9 yards per game. They're 19th in the NFL. But that's also the huge weakness for the Steelers. They only average 84.6 yards a game. They're 31st because they fell down even more after last week's rough performance. But when it comes to passing yards, yeah, the Steelers are better. But yeah, that's what makes the Chiefs who they are. They are second in the NFL in passing yards, 287.4 per game, where the Steelers are 232.9 per game. They're 14th. Now, when you look at some of these other key statistics, I like to highlight sacks and turnovers. Kansas City has been only been sacked 25 times this season. They're tied for fourth best, where the Steelers have been sacked 33 times, which is tied for 19th. When it comes to turnovers, Kansas City's only turned the ball over. Well, I say this only. I said that wrong. The Steelers have only turned the ball over 15 times, which is tied for sixth. Kansas City, lots of turnovers. Mainly early in the season, they've been much better as of late. But their turnovers, they've had 25 on the season that's tied for 28th in the NFL. So if anything, you know, getting those getting those takeaways would be key for the Steelers. If we switch over to the defense, when you look at yardage, this team is barely separated in yards. 15 yards through 14 games. There's only a difference of just over one yard per game between these two, but there's a lot of teams clustered around there. So there's a couple other ones in between them. Kansas city's 300. They give up 366.4 yards per game. That's 24th in the NFL where the Steelers give up 367.5 yards per game, which is 27th. They're not that far off there. Here's where they are off points. Kansas City only surrenders on average 21.1 points per game. That's eighth in the NFL, where the Steelers give up 23.9 points per game, which is 22nd in the NFL. Um, The Chiefs are 19th in run defense. They give up 115.6. The Steelers are 31st. 143.9. 143.9. So they're the 31st rushing team and the 31st run defense team. That is just not what you expect from Pittsburgh Steelers football. Um, and to me, it's not the running back. It's the trenches. It's the trenches. So now for passing yards, um, Kansas City, that's that's their biggest weakness on defense. They're 28th in the NFL. They give up 250.9 passing yards per game. But when you've got big leads, teams going to throw the ball more. you got to remember that. And the Steelers, they gave up 223.6 uh, passing yards a game. They're 12th. They're 12th. That's that's the main part of their defense, the highest rank they have. But when you look at the at the other at the specialties from the other side, the sacks and the and the takeaways, Kansas City has been sacked. Um, I'm sorry, has 24 sacks on the season. That's 29th in the NFL. They're towards the bottom of the league in sacks, where the Steelers are second with 41. All right. Then when it comes to takeaways, Kansas City, they're good at taking the ball away. They have 25 takeaways this season. That's uh, tied for fifth in the NFL, where the Steelers, they only have 17. That's that's tied for 19th in the NFL. So that's the matchup there. If anything, uh, Kansas City does not have that great of a pass defense. So you could say, well, maybe that's good. And it's not like they're fantastic at running the ball. 
but they also have a coach that, you know, if they, if they need to run the ball, if they're going to be out their tight end, their top tight end or their top wide receiver, then I see them running the ball like crazy. We still don't know exactly who's going to be playing for both teams at this time. So those are the numbers behind it. The bottom line is the Pittsburgh Steelers, they got to put some points up. They do. I mean, the fact that they haven't scored more, more than 20 points in in Kansas City since 2009 says a lot. You've got to put up points against this offense. And you can't just surrender points like crazy. You can't do that either. Um, I'm not saying that the Steelers are going to win this game, and I'm not going to say that the Steelers can't win this game. The question is, will they? You know, What are the odds? What are the, the chances? If the Pittsburgh Steelers find a way to win this game against the Kansas City Chiefs, my Goodness, that would be absolutely huge. Because if there's one game, if you look at it, out of all the games they've had this season, this is the one where they're the biggest underdog. This is the one they have the most overcome. This is the one they've got nothing to lose. Go out there and let it all hang out. You've got nothing to lose. So hopefully we can get a Pittsburgh Steelers victory on Sunday. It's going to be a tough road, but not an impossible one. Make sure you are checking out all the Behind the Steel Curtain uh, family of podcasts. I don't think anything's going to change up due to the Christmas holiday. I think everything's still going to be on schedule um, based on it being on a Saturday. It actually worked out pretty well. Um, also, make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It really is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And before I finish the way I normally do, I hope that you all just have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you do to celebrate the season. I just hope that that you you have a have a great time. Hopefully you get some time off of work or school or whatever you do, and you can just maybe um, spend that with family and friends and loved ones um, and that you can take advantage of that. And hopefully maybe enjoy some Steelers football. So once again, thanks for joining me. And like I always finish with, thanks for geeking out.